Blog Talk Radio. Now, where's that doorman? Where is he? What's he doing? He's going to come in late again today? I don't know. I may have to. Well, he's usually so good. I don't don't want to have any problems with him. So, welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon. I'm your host and your cruise director and your spiritual advisor, Madam Perry. General uh, Quarters. There he goes. General Quarters. Security Condition 3. Thank you. Security 3. Intruder alert. GQ3. Intruder alert. Well, again, don't say anything because I am, I am really pro um, keeping older people in the workforce, and I do not believe in ageism. So um, you did a fine job there. But anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody who's been subscribing and downloading a uh, couple of every day I checked stats and uh, like there were two days last week when uh, <laughs> the 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 increase in listeners and downloads from the same days last year were increased by 700 percent and and I am just um, in I'm in awe and I'm grateful and thank you you know you can subscribe on blog talk radio stitcher Apple iTunes, Last FM, Blueberry, and I keep finding some new ones all the time. They're probably making money off this podcast, but anyway, uh, they're, uh, the point is, you know, you can always download for free. I want to keep it that way, and I'm just so grateful to so many people who listen and who uh, download and who share with friends and the people that's that tell me that they've gone out and bought books that they would have never known about or go listen to music they wouldn't have known about because they meet the artists and the writers and all kinds of people on Madame Perry's Salon. And I really like that. That's one of my favorite parts of doing this. You know, uh, and tomorrow night, if you were here last Tuesday, I had my friends Marilyn Opitz, owner of Biba Beauty, Biba Girl Beauty in Maryland, uh, she was on along with my friend Alan Brasington, who identifies he's, he's the owner of Bulldog Marketing, but he identifies as the last aristocratic Southern Democrat. And they're going to be back on tomorrow night to continue the discussion about pretty much anything you want to talk about. Anyone is welcome to call in. Uh, they'll probably talk election results and uh, news of the world. Um, Goodness knows what. So, yeah, join us again tomorrow night for that. It's going to be fun. I think that will be about 8 o'clock Eastern time. So, But you can check it on the website. Now, tonight, uh, tonight's guest is somebody who uh, I never get tired of reading this person's work. And whether it's poetry, 
or literature or even things he writes in, in newspapers, magazines, articles. I adore this author. He's the, um, he has a forthcoming, and by forthcoming I mean in a couple of days, poetry collection called Midnight in a Perfect World, which is published, uh, will be published by Sibling Rivalry Press. He's also the author of the Venus Trilogy of Novels, Conquering Venus, Remain in Light, and Leaving Paris, also published by Sibling Rivalry Press. Remain in Light, the second... <laughs> yes, it's take your dog to work day here. Anyway, uh, Remain in Light was the runner-up for the 2013 Georgia Author of the Year Award in Fiction and a 2012 finalist for the Townsend Prize for Fiction. And his other poetry collections include Better to Travel, Slow to Burn, After the Poison, Render, and um, and he was chosen by the American Library Association for its 2014 Over the Rainbow book list. Uh, Kelly is the, oh, this is it's my friend Colin Kelly, and he's the, also the author of the short story collection Kiss Shot, which is an Amazon Kindle exclusive, and a recipient of the Georgia Author of the Year Award, uh, Deep South Festival of Writers Award, and Goodreads Poetry Award. His uh, poetry reviews, essays, interviews have appeared in magazines, journals, and anthologies around the world, as well as a personal, personal uh comment thank you and uh give back to him from a major <laughs> as major superstar but we'll get to that later so let me bring into his special place here in the genie bottle and i'm also glad to say i'm proud to say he is a dear friend of madam perry's welcome colin kelly hi jennifer hello sweetie how you doing how are you Thanks for thanks for reading that too long bio. <laughs> well, once I got into it, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to know my jean size or what shoe I'm wearing tonight. I'll give you, <laughs> give you everything. Well, just for the people, I want people to know there's something oh, there for everybody. Sorry about the uh, the dog fight. I don't know if you know this, but there was a um. A, a a true crime author who's got who's had several TV shows on uh, Investigation Discovery Channel and Escape. His name is uh, M. William Phelps, and he was on with me once. He's one of my favorite true. He's a superstar in, in that genre, and I had him on here once, Colin. And the dogs began fighting underneath the desk. I think I t- kind of shoved one outside, and they made a noise, and he just stopped everything. Excuse me, was that an animal? No, no. Was that an animal being hurt? No, no, it wasn't. Are you sure? No, no, this wasn't. That was just they were just going outside. He goes, no, 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 no. He stopped everything and still would not let it go. You know. Wait, I well, those sure. are still the those are still the corgis, right? Well, I've got one Pembroke corgi. Uh, Parker passed on earlier this year. He was a corgi, um, and I'm not sure what corgi is something else. And then there's a uh, uh, now Tybee, who is what they call a Texas healer and part cardigan corgi. Who was okay. way well, I mean, I think it's appropriate that there's yeah. corgis barking since this book is set in London and the Queen has corgis, and so hey, oh, it all yeah. fits. It works. Of it course. works. It's all part of the process. So, oh, it works. Yeah. And you know the corgis. They're going to have the wave. Anyway, the point was Matt would not let it go, saying, swearing he thought a dog, had, an animal had been injured. And you know, and a friend of mine, Mike Brown, said, well, why don't you just tell him, no, that's the cockfight down the hall. But I, I, I didn't <laughs> – I normally think that fast. I was too busy trying to make it, make sure he knew that I wasn't broadcasting from Michael Vick's house. But anyway, thank oh, you. Oh. Uh, oh. 
<laughs> congratulations on Midnight in a Perfect World. We have all been waiting for it. Um, this is a very exciting Thanks. book. This is a, and this is what yeah, I think it's a, I've read. It's been called. It's, it's a full length book of poetry, which means it is. It's, it's a full length. Yeah. So that means it's yeah. I mean, there's there's a chat book, which is. Uh, that's you know that's poetry publishing speak for like a small little volume that's usually like 25 pages or less, um, and that's how this actually started. This collection started as a chapbook um, until my publisher uh, Brian Borland uh, got it and said, "Oh, this needs to be bigger. It needs to be longer. You need to add more to this. This needs to be more, bigger, bigger, more." And so I was like, really? Oh, okay, I wasn't planning to do that, Uh, but okay. And so he just kind of, you know, allowed me to kind of turn this, what was going to be a little book, into a a much bigger, richer, you know, I I think uh, a lot, well, a longer for sure, but also just a, a more detailed narrative, I suppose. There's a narrative arc that runs through that kind of connects all the poems together. So um, I think there's a fuller story being told now in this book. Thanks to Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian Borland, who I'm I'm glad that I've had the chance to meet before at the uh, Decatur Center for the Book event once last year. Georgia Center for the Book. Georgia Georgia Center Center for the Book. I'm so sorry. Well, no wonder I can't find it. In Decatur. Georgia Center for the Book. you're close. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That makes you feel real good. So, uh, yeah. so. <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> which is a which is a fan. Every every event on the calendar is fantastic and it's so well run. Oh, yeah, I mean, and so, for the book does a does a great just you know a great great job. Yes. When when you've written a book like that and, you, and you're talking to the publisher because uh, like someone like Brian at Sibling Rivalry Press and they tell you. Now this needs to be bigger and longer. What is your first reaction? I mean, would it be? I, I can imagine it goes anywhere. It's different depending on the writer. From when, no, this is the way I did it. To you want more? Or well, mine was like, oh hell, because <laughs> I thought it was done. I thought it was fine the way it was uh, when you know. And I was like, what am I going to do with this now? You know, what? How am I going to build on it? And so basically what happened is that, you know, this this collection now is divided into two sections. Well, the original manuscript is still here. It's just now the second section. So I had to go back and create and find poems to build the first section of the book. And so since this book is about London, that's the, the underpinning, you know, all of my – many visits and trips and misadventures uh, in London. Um, So I thought, how can I, you know, how can I build on this? I don't really have more poems about London that I want to add. Well, how about kind of building up to going to London or dreaming of going to London? How can I, how can I fashion that, you know? And so the poems that are in the first section now are kind of like the build up to going to mm-hmm. London. So that's kind of how it worked out. So now also you and you've read in London. I mean, you've been you've had some oh, pretty yeah. big, some pretty high profile gigs reading your work. Uh, yeah, you and I've, been, I've been going to London. 
I've been going to London, you know, almost every year uh, since like, you know, 1995. So I get over there. This I haven't been now in a few years. Uh, so this is kind of like my longest stretch of not going. Um, but I'm going next year. I'm going in June because um, I'm going to be doing some readings there from the book uh, in June um, in London. So, yeah, and I'm going to be reading again at the, the, the series that I've read at uh, twice before in London is the Polari um, series, which is the LGBT series hosted by Paul Burston at South Bank Center. And it is just a spectacular event. It's one of the mm. biggest readings in the city, and it's always sold out. And just an incredible audience there, and it's just so much fun. And and then I'm going to do a second reading while I'm there, which is still in the works, uh, with Agnes Meadows, who is a brilliant British poet um, and who blurbed this book for me. She was so nice to write a little blurb for the back cover um, for this book. And so I'm really excited to read with her again, too, when I go over next year. Ah, oh, so cool. So fantastic. So, uh I know you're looking forward to that. Um, so the theme in um, Midnight in a Perfect World it has to do with London. And I'm trying to remember, there's one title, I believe, there's one poem in there. The title is um, In the Afterlife, My Father is a London Cab Driver. A, that's correct, yes. Really? That's right? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Okay. You got it. That's the poem. Yeah. That's one of the that's one of the last poems in the collection. Yeah. So, so uh, you want me to tell you that story? Well, let me let me go back and, and and say this. So the there's a lot of you know if if anyone has read my work or is going to read my work, I'm a big fan of pop culture. I love music and films, and so all of that you're going to find a lot of that in this book and in all my other work too, Midnight in a Perfect World. Uh, the title comes from a song from the mid nineties uh, of the same name. It's called Midnight in a Perfect World. It's by uh, DJ Shadow. And that is, I first heard that song in London in 1996 and it has stuck with me ever since. And I was like, Oh, I love that title. It's such a beautiful mm. title. And one day I'm going to write a book and call it that. And it took, you know, what, 20 something years to do it, but here it is. And um, so there's a lot of references in here to uh, not only DJ Shadow, but to Joni Mitchell and David Bowie and Kate Bush mm. and Kylie Minogue and uh, Marianne Faithful. Uh, and so all of that, all of those and lots of, you know, film references and literature references, Virginia Woolf and Charles Dickens and Howard Vend and Atonement. And so there's all kinds of little references to literature and films and music that, you know, are either titles or are referenced in the poems themselves or, you know, and I just, I just feel like those are kind of touchstones for me, you know, as I was writing this work, you know, these poems, what was inspiring me at the time, you know, what songs mm -hmm. were in my head and what were inspiring me. So, um, so yeah, so there's a lot of that in this book. Um, so, the poem that you mentioned um, in the afterlife, my father is a London uh, taxi driver. Um, my father passed away uh, five years ago, and um, a few days, three days afterwards, um, I had 
uh, dream, visitation, whatever you want to call it, um, that I was in London and coming out of a hotel and a, a taxi, a uh, black cab was waiting there out front of the hotel and a, a doorman opened the door and I got in the back seat and my father was driving the cab. And <laughs> I knew I knew in the dream, let's call it a dream, uh, that he was dead and that this was my last chance to talk to him. And so we drove around Hyde Park. And he gave me a bunch of advice and brought me back and dropped me off at the hotel, and I haven't had a dream about him since. Oh, my. So, yeah. So um, so it was very nice. It was a very, you know, sweet uh, dream and a sweet kind of, you know, maybe it was a visitation. Who knows? Maybe I got transported for a moment. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, so that poem – um, that's, you know, it's one of my favorites, uh, in the book and, you know, has some emotional, you know, half to it. Sometimes it's hard to read. I've read it a couple of times out loud now. Sometimes it's hard to read it, but, um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the story behind that poem. By the way, I was going to say out loud, if you, if anyone is listening live tonight, and wants to call in and talk to Colin. The number is 646-716-9922. Blog Talk Radio assures me that it's a free, a toll-free call in the continental U.S. So you could call in 646-716-9922 if you uh, want to talk to Colin. And by the way, I want to say hello to the people who have been texting me and messaging me saying that they were really looking forward to this tonight. Uh, Cleo and Becky and uh, I come up. I'll remember everyone in, in a little bit. But thank you so very much, uh, Joy. Oh, thanks. And Kenya, yeah, thank great. you all. So uh, thank you all for saying, "Oh, what, Colin? Yeah." Um, That's great. So uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It made me feel good too. So, uh, Colin, um, would you like to read? One point for us now. I would say save save my father for uh for last like like the um okay like the dessert. But uh, tell us what you're going to read and um yeah. So I wanted to read I wanted to read something that's kind of uh you know a little that kind of will give you a flavor of of the book. Um, so I I will I'll start with uh this poem. It's called. Uh, in Tavistock Square, uh, and there's an epigraph uh, that says after Mrs. Dalloway. So there is. So this is about Virginia Woolf, and uh, Charles Dickens is referenced in here. And there's a, a great hotel that I stay in uh, in London uh, called the Tavistock Hotel, and it just happens to be the hotel sits on the site of Virginia Woolf's house that was destroyed during the Blitz uh, in World War II, and that's the house where she wrote Mrs. Dalloway. And so every time I stay in that hotel, uh, I just kind of feel the presence uh, mm-hmm. of, of Virginia Woolf. And then across the street from the hotel is Tavistock Square, and there's a memorial to her there. There's like a, a statue, a bust of her head kind of at the corner of the park, kind of where the house would have been. Um, and so I love that's in Bloomsbury, which is a very literary, famous literary neighborhood. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I will, I will read that um, to kind of give you an idea. In Tavistock Square, after Mrs. Galloway. I am sleeping in the corner of your ghost house, Virginia, your blitz-bombed house, now a hotel full of rooms, not of one's own, but for a parade of never-ending strangers. I rub my hand over your hard, slick head in the square, wet with summer rain, your hawkish nose turned toward the other bomb site, the metal bus, a twisted bloom of blood. Dickens wrote, hard times on the other side of the trees, and I find that living here is hard, and there is no time for idealistic, broke dreamers. He wrote Bleak House there, too. I am stubborn, Virginia. I come back again and again, even as this city, even as this city pulls me close and pushes me away, in love with bellow and uproar, London, this moment of June. Perhaps I should reconsider the scattering of my ashes, commit them to the breeze that blows through Bloomsbury, make me fertilizer, plaster, eye grit, nowhere, everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. I noticed it, though, but um, as you were int- introducing the poem, setting us up about feeling, you know, the spirit or presence, Virginia Woolf, I do notice from time to time, you know, you do have um, a little bit of what people might say, I don't know, maybe not quite the supernatural or the mystic in some of your stories, like in uh, the Venus Trilogy in the first book, when uh, the main character, Martin and Irene, seem to have a spiritual connection. Right. Yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. And I like how you do it where it's not like you're taken off into a separate genre like fantasy, but it's the kind of thing, it's the kind of uh, almost like a, a mystic or a synchronicity that really yeah, does Yeah, synchronicity, happen. which is, I call that, but I mean, it's kind of like, you know, one of my, you know, I love, uh, uh, I love the, the concept uh, of magical realism, uh, you know, which is something that Isabel Allende explores in, uh in uh, House of the Spirits, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and and uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, you know those writers who kind of you know these incredible, bizarre things happen to characters, and they're just made to seem not remarkable. It's just like oh well that's happening, you know yeah. this is happening, you know these ghosts are appearing and this is happening, but it's not weird or anything. It's just happening, and so. I like playing with that, and I did that in the, the Venus Trilogy, and I, I think I've done it a little bit here too in, in some of these poems because um, I just – I love that that idea of making the supernatural uh, a little more natural, I guess you could say, so not making it so otherworldly and strange. You know, another thing in this, when you were talking about uh... – with the name of the of the poem from uh, DJ Shadow, I noticed, and this seems to be um, fairly new new trend I see with with uh, writers, is you provide on on your website you have um, a playlist that, that oh, yeah. goes I create, yeah. that you listen to. Yeah, yeah, 
I created a, a – since there's so much music, you know, so many of these poems are named after songs or inspired by music, I created a, a playlist on Spotify uh, that you can go and listen to. It's just called Midnight in a Perfect World, a poetry playlist. Um, and if you go to my website, my blog at ColinKelly.com, I've got a link to the playlist, and there's also like a, a commentary that kind of links each song on the playlist with the poem it corresponds to in the book. Uh, and I just had a lot of fun doing that. You know, I had a lot of fun putting that list together and uh, putting that uh, that playlist of songs together and listening to them. And so while you're reading the book, if you want to soundtrack it, you can go to Spotify um, and find the, the Midnight in a Perfect World playlist and listen to the listen to the music while you're reading along. And if you're looking on colinkelly.blogspot.com, yeah, there's the links to all those there, uh, the playlist of songs and music that inspired Midnight in a Perfect World. Um, but you have another some of the names, though, on the list. These are some artists that also inspire um, a, poems and past books like um, – after the Poison and things that believe right. in Better to Travel. Uh, some, right. Just to name some, uh, Vanessa Dow, who's also a friend of yours. Um, yes. Marianne Faithful. Yes. Big Marianne Faithful. Yeah, Marianne pops up a couple times in the book. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, there's a poem in the book called Strange Weather, uh, which is named after her song, and there's an epigraph um, from the song uh, that Tom Waits wrote for her. Uh, and yeah, I just, that's one of my, that's, I think that might be my favorite Marianne Faithful song. And it's one of my favorite songs ever. And then, um, where do I mention her again? Oh, there's a, so Patty Smith has a really great song called Ghost Dance, which I love, but Marianne Faithful did this incredible cover of it for her greatest hits album back in the nineties. And so I kind of reference. Uh, I kind of reference that in a there's a poem called Ghost Dancing uh that references the that song. So yeah, so Marianne makes a, a few appearances and Joni Mitchell makes a few appearances and Kate mm-hmm. Bush, of course, who I love, um, is here and, and Kylie Minogue, which may seem like kind of a an outlier, but I do love some good pop music. And although she's Australian, you know, she you know, made it really big in the UK. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, she, she kind of, although she's Australian, she feels very UK to me. Um, so, and I love her music. And um, so she pops, she's in here. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, and, and David Bowie's uh, referenced in here. And um, so, yeah, so there's a lot of, a lot of great music uh, going on in the book too. So how did you begin working with Vanessa Dow and get to know her? Um, well, so, I mean, I first heard Vanessa back in the early, very early 90s when she was with her husband, and they had a group that was – they were a duo called The Dow, and they had this incredible song. That it, was, it became this huge hit song called Surrender Yourself because it was remixed. And it was like, you know, in the charts and played in all the clubs all over the world. And so they did one album, and then she went solo on her own uh, as Vanessa Dow and, and did uh, this, you know, which I just think is still one of the most iconic albums ever called Zipless. 
and <laughs> she based all of the songs on poems by Erica Jong. And I, you know, I heard that, you know, back in 95 when it was released, which also happened to coincide when I was in London and Paris for the first time. And I mean, I just fell in love, you know, just madly in love with the music. And um, she did an album later in the 90s called Slow to Burn, which is also one of my favorite albums. And so in the flash forward to the 2000s, I did a, a chat book called Slow to Burn, and I named it after her song and her album. And so I don't write fan letters. I just think it's kind of silly because no one ever – you know, they, they never get answered. But for some reason, I felt compelled to find uh, Vanessa Dow's email and mm -hmm. send her a note and say, hi, you don't know me, but I've written a, a book of poetry called Slow to Burn, which is you inspired. And, you know, I don't know if you'll ever read this, but if, you know, I would love to send you a copy of it just to say thank you for inspiring me. And I never thought I would hear from her ever, you know, and, you know, a few weeks later I got an email from Vanessa Dow, oh, and I was just like, oh, my God. And, you know, and I sent her the book, and she read it and loved it, and we started emailing, and then we started talking on the phone, and then we were in – happened to be in New York at the same time, and so we met. I went up – I was in New York for a reading, and we met and had lunch, and we just became incredibly good friends and collaborators, uh, which is just – boggles my mind still um and mm -hmm. she's just just so sweet and just she is brilliant she's one oh, of the yeah. best writers one of the you know just a great songwriter a great musician she's a great poet as well and uh we've just i've just had so much fun and learned so much from her um you know in the time we've known each other and then when um Leaving Paris came out. Um, she she had read the other two books in the Venus trilogy and really enjoyed them. And she's actually in the first book. I I used some lyrics from one of her songs in the first book and um, in Conquering Venus. And so she I sent her a rough draft of Leaving Paris while it was kind of in progress, and uh -huh. she. Uh, and then we did this little – we did like a little teaser trailer, a little, little YouTube trailer saying the book was coming out, you know, and it was just a little – Oh, yes, little I thing. remember that. And it used this piece of music by mm -hmm. this uh, electronic – he's actually just a solo guy, but he calls himself mm -hmm. Broken Kite, and he, he's from Atlanta, and I am obsessed with his music. Because uh, I just think it is just so cinematic and beautiful. And so Vanessa heard this little clip of Broken mm -hmm. Heights music that I used for this trailer, and she wrote a song called Leaving Paris that kind of encapsulated the whole trilogy. And so she based the lyrics and the, you know, the melody off of this little clip, this little instrumental clip. And so they, Vanessa and Broken Kites, they wound mm -hmm. up collaborating and trading files, music files back and forth, and she created this song for the book. And then I went out there and somehow found myself directing 
a music video. Oh, uh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? I don't, you know. And so I, I directed the music video, and we just had fun. It was just really, you know, spontaneous, and and we filmed in Los. We couldn't get to Paris, but we filmed in Los Angeles, um, and it was just, it was great. And I just, the song is gorgeous, and it just fits, you know, with those books yeah. so well. And I'm just every time I I listen to it or you know, you know, it comes up. I'm just like, wow, I collaborated and directed a music video for Vanessa Dow. How the hell did that happen? Um, I know. I remember so, seeing it and thinking, Colin, what are you doing? You're out in L.A. directing and don't even tell your friends. By the way, Colin, hold one second. If you want to talk to Colin Kelly here with me live on Madam Perry Solanas, we're talking about uh, his new book of poetry, Midnight in a Perfect World, and uh, other other adventures in Colin's life called Six. Uh, excuse me, um, the number is 646-716-9922. And Colin, uh, if you will reach over and, and part the beaded curtains, we do have someone else coming in here with us. Oh, okay. So come on in. and we'll, As a friend of yours, come on in and welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Hello, Madam Perry. How are you? Doing fabulous. And you? I am I am well. Hello, Colin. I, I recognize that voice. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to say that that I'm one of the characters in the in the trilogy? You can. I think everyone knows. Yeah. They, I think everyone knows. So this is Karen Head, who, if, if for those who don't know, who is a brilliant poet, also, uh, and I love Karen Head, and I love her so much that I made her a character in Leaving Paris. I made her a poet, but also an international <laughs> badass assassin. So, Woo! Yes. Karen. Yes, so, so Karen. yeah, so I, I am the poet assassin. Yes, she is the poet. She even have a she even had a t shirt made that says I am the poet assassin. I mean, yes, so she she's fulfilling that role beautifully. So yeah, so I yeah, so Karen, you know, I met Karen. How long have we made? It's been ten years, right? At least. Yes. Mhm. Probably, and so and we just became really fast friends and. Also collaborators, we're working on a, a book together now. Um, and so, yeah, so just I love – I one of the great joys of being a writer and being a poet specifically has just been the opportunity to meet all of these great writers and poets like Karen and to, to read with them and to collaborate with them and, you know – yeah, it's just been that's that's the best part uh, of this. Got it like going that. on, it's Colin. Been, and you know, you've, Karen's been a guest here. Did you know that? Yeah, yes, I know. Yeah, yeah I think okay. we've been a guest here together before at some point. It seems like we have. Yeah, I think. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think we have. But it's um. I mean, the other thing that Colin isn't saying is, you know, he is so generous with his with his time and with his advice and. You know, we we've there there are any number of us who affectionately now refer to him as the manuscript whisperer. Um, yeah. You know, he uh, he he took uh, he took my manuscript staffing, and I had sent it out like I, it had had sort of sixteen different incarnations. But when he took a look at it, resequenced it, I sent it out, and I mean, I must have sent it out a hundred times, and. You know, and it was taken like two weeks later in in the sequence that that he had sequenced, and um, 
and he does this sort of thing for, for other writers all the time. Um, and, and he's just, he's such a supporter and he is such a promoter of mm-hmm. other people's work. And so, you know, the, the mutual, the mutual love is, is definitely there. And I'm thrilled because I was, I was, I was going to maybe call in and be just the tiniest bit ugly because I had not yet received my copy of his new book. And many people all around me were posting, you know, photos of there. And I was like, what the hell? And um, anyway, it, it was actually in the mailbox and, and I opened it up just, just, uh, just this afternoon. And so I can't, can't uh, complain anymore. Thank you, Brian Borland, for getting me. All those people who are listening who, pre, who pre-ordered the book, the pre-orders are kind of going out in waves, but everyone should be getting theirs. If you haven't gotten it yet, you're going to be getting it in the next day or so. So watch your mailbox. Oh, All the pre-orders are good. going out before the November 15th date. So, yes. Because I haven't oh, gotten mine. Now, there's, there's also – now, now I do want to also say that there is someone else in the room with me um, who isn't uh, – who's busy working and isn't going to come to the phone, but uh, who has another strong connection with Colin and his books because he is Colin's official photographer. That's right. Yeah. So on the back, yeah, on the back of God, Colin, who's also another Colin, Colin Potts, mm-hmm. who is Karen's husband, spectacular photographer, and he is so patient with me <laughs> when I have these insane ideas for photos. He took the he took the great cover of Render, my last collection, and I wanted it to be kind of an homage oh. to Sally Mann, and he somehow managed to do that. And for this book, I wanted to make it seem like we were in London, and I wanted to be in the back seat of a car, kind of in reference to the poem about my dad. And I wanted it to seem like it was winter, so we went over to Colin and Karen's parking garage. They have this great industrial – they live in this great building, and they have this kind of industrial parking garage. It looked very you know, European in a way. And it was July, and it was 100 degrees, and I'm in the back seat of this – sweltering car in a coat you know making like it's winter and Colin's kind of outside the car you'll see the photo on the back of the book and it's on my website everywhere and we just took all these photos I'm pouring sweat and all the photos are crap they just look terrible and it's not Colin's fault it's because we're doing this weird shoot through the window of the car and it's hot and it's dark and it's crazy and so I just kind of turned my head and he took one photo and that photo is what's on the cover, and it's like a, it's like a, he made me look like I should be in Rolling Stone. It's like a rock star photo. It was just yeah, like the best photo of me ever. So, yeah, so Colin Potts has just been another great collaborator, and that's just one of the things that I, I love. Uh, it's what I, like what I said about working with Vanessa Dow, is that, you know, just getting to work across all these different genres you know, in the arts, you know, and work with all these people in different ways is just, that is what I love the most. Because if you'd have told me 20 years ago, whatever, that I'd be collaborating with Vanessa Dow, directing music videos, doing these photo shoots, working with somebody like Karen, you know, I mean, it's just been, it's just a treat. It's a thrill. It's just, you know, it's, have your picture Amazing. out there that I posted with Ka- with Pam Greer. And by the way, I gotta say because of because of uh, Karen's husband Colin, Pam of of Colin Potts who does great pictures, who does great pictures for you. I always love it, Karen. Whenever I see pictures with with you and your two Collins. Yes. I, just, I don't yeah. know why. I just think it's that's little, so it's cute. A confusing. 
it's a little confusing sometimes if people aren't sure which one I'm talking about. It, it causes great mirth, you know, when I'll say something like, you know, yeah, you know, you know Colin and I were, you know, we're, we're taking a vacation and, you know, we're going to see his mom and people will say, well, why, why are you going to see Colin Kelly's mom? Why are you, like, doesn't she live in Atlanta? Like, what, why are you going to be in like, no, 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 actually not that Colin, the other Colin. Hmm. And it, it works the other way too, but um it, it's uh, it, it's great. It's wonderful. They're they're yeah. two they're two wonderful, amazing guys, and I'm lucky to have both of them in my life. I I just always adore that. And we and we and we also and travel well Collins. together too, because we we we've, we've traveled internationally, so we we travel well together too, which is always well, nice, that's so. a big deal. Because I always say you don't know someone until you've either lived with them or worked with them. But after traveling with one of my clients on parts of her book tour, traveling, traveling also, that's also when you really know somebody too. So if you yeah. guys can do yeah, that. Co- yeah. Colin came in and lived in our our um, our house in Oxford one summer for a couple of weeks and would sit at the kitchen the, the dining room table that looked out onto the garden, and that's actually where he wrote a big part of uh, of part of the trilogy. Yeah, Remain in Life. Yeah, I did. I yeah. I sat at that table and because I, I I went with Georgia Tech and guest lectured uh, for Karen's class uh, at, uh, at at I'm going to say it wrong because I've forgotten now. It's Worcester College, right? Am I saying that right? Worcester? Yeah, Worcester. 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 Okay, Worcester. And uh, at Oxford University, and so they, you know, got to stay in that beautiful cottage and write every day, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm just ha- I got really great. And then we we went to Cardiff, and Karen and I did a reading in Cardiff and in London, and so we just we've had all these great opportunities uh, together to read as well. So um, yeah, so that's that's just you know that's just that's just icing on the cake, you know, when we get to travel and read together, not only here, but, you know, in other countries, you know, it's, we're, you know, we're international. So it's, it's great. I love it. International. That's you. Hey, let me ask you a question. Since you've already gotten your copy, Karen, and I know you've, you've probably heard or read most of these already anyway, what would you like to hear Colin read next? Because we're saving the part, the one about his father, we're saving that for our dessert, but what would you like to hear him read now? Well, what has he already read? Because I'm afraid that I was uh, tuning in a little oh, bit. Oh, I read in, I've only read one. I read in Tavistock Square. That's the one I read at kind of the top of the show. Well, I think that you, I think I'm going to ask you to read, read English Pastoral then, because we were just talking about that very thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's one of the newest poems in the book, too. A lot of these poems are really old. I mean, I wrote some of these poems like 10 or 12 years ago, and they're now just, and they've, they've been published, but they're now just kind of finding their way, um, finding their way into the book. Yeah, so English Pastoral is about sitting at the table in Oxford, England. Um, working on the Venus Trilogy, so I'll read that. English Pastoral. Oxford summer, the cottage doors open to the garden where wood pigeons coo and distant laughter drifts over the stone wall. I sit at the end of a long table, paper rustling in the zephyr, watch a butterfly flutter in, float over the forget-me-not. Time stops. Freeze, idyllic, electric blue sky tufted with motionless cotton wool. 
The city in my head goes mute as I succumb to countryside content with birds and breeze. Oh, come on. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. I do, I do. I do feel, especially after Karen described where, and you, you would describe where you were at in her cottage in Oxford. Um, yeah, yeah. That that puts you there. Yeah, and 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 yeah. I have this, you know, and the fact that I'm content with birds and breeds because I usually never am because I'm a, I am a city mouse, uh, not a country <laughs> mouse, and so this. Where we were, where we were in Oxford, and where we were staying is it really, it really, you know, it stayed with me, you know, because it was just so beautiful there, and you know, now when I have the opportunity to go to the countryside when I'm in England, I I go because it's gorgeous, and so I, you know, I I learned something new about myself uh, that summer when I went over with uh, Karen and other Colin. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. Colin, you you do perform a lot around around the U.S. as well as other countries. Um, where can people find out where you're going to be and when? Are you, now, are you going to be going out on the road, out on tour with I am, Midnight yeah, well, I, World? I do, you know, we're starting here in Atlanta. We're gonna we're launching the book this coming Thursday night, November fifteenth, at Indicator with Georgia Center for the Book, the annual Voices Carry reading. So if anyone's in Atlanta and listening. Seven fifteen. It's free, and I'm I've, I'm going to be reading with Cecilia Wallach and Sharon Strange, uh, and Rupert Fike, which is so that's going to be a lot of fun. And the book will mm-hmm. debut the book there, and it'll be for sale. I'm reading at Karis Books and Little Five Points on the 20th of November at 7:30 with another spectacular writer, Katie Ferris. Um, so I'm really excited. And then it's kind of the holiday, so there's a break. So in the new year, I'm going to. The AWP, the big writing conference, I'm going uh, to that uh, with Karen uh, in Portland, Oregon, and I'm going to be doing readings and signings out there. I'm going to Los Angeles in April and London in June, and there's probably going to be New York and some other places in between. So if you just go to my website, colinkelly.com, you'll you'll see the list of where to find me, where I'll be. Right. Okay. I like that. And of course, you know, I'm always hoping that Karen Head will come back and, re- and this time read her poetry um, here in the Genie Bottle. She's going to have a new so, book out. She's going to have a new book out sooner rather than later, I predict. So I'm sure she will come it's back. Lo- this, it's looking for a home. Looking for a home. It's looking for a home. So if anybody wants to publish Karen Head, she's got a beautiful new book that needs home. So mm. just put it out there in the universe. Believe me, it'll be one of the best moves you ever made. You're a publisher. Uh, so, Colin, would you read um, Midnight? I mean, uh, from Midnight in a Perfect World. Would you read in the Afterlife? My my father's yes. a London cab driver. Yes. Okay. And yes. All right. In the Afterlife, my father is a London cab driver. The hotel concierge, its back door already open. I slide in, say good morning, and an American voice speaks back, unmistakably my father, dead three days, smiling at me in the rearview mirror as he pulls into traffic on Bayswater Road. There's no destination, so we'll make a loop around Hyde Park, long enough for him to tell me to be happy, healthy, and wise, to not give up on the dream of really being here, 
when I wake. Leave it to Daddy-O to leave it this way, to meet me on beloved ground he'd only heard about from my stories or watched on TV. When I think of my father now, he will always be in London, not gasping like a fish in a hospital bed as his heart went still. His new chosen profession to ferry the living between the stations of their grief, jovially tipping his cap as he drops fares at the corner of the rest of their lives. Oh my, Colin, that that is that is so beautiful, and I wish I had a well, better word come to mind for it because that really, that's that's. Very, very moving and very emotional. And because I think about your father mentioned in other poems. Um, yes. And if all, and even though I never met your father, I know about him from things you've told me, but also from the poems and especially the Wonder Woman and lassoing him to tell yes. the truth. And when you know these poems, and I don't know, Karen, you may feel the same way. When you know poems like that, you know, this one even, you see it all works in together and it's just very. It's very moving. It's well, very, and, and it's it's strange too. And I I don't think I've mentioned this before, but you know, my last book, Render, which was written while he was still alive, and it came out before he died. The one of the final poems in Render is called "My Father Survived the London Hotel Fire," which was oh. another dream I had about him in London, where we were in a hotel and we got out of the hotel, and so. That's kind of the connection point for me between Render and this book, that, you know, my dad, you know, was such a large presence in Render, and it ends with him in London. And so here we are in this book, and it ends with him in London. So, yeah, it just all kind of somehow mystically, synchronicity, whatever you want to call it at all, just kind of fits mm-hmm. together. It's just one big story being told. So, and I just, I love that. And when you say he wants to meet meet you on beloved ground, that that would be definitely be him. Well, listen, I've got just a, um, I've got some uh, some music I want to play right now by um, sponsor, and this is uh, the 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 writer and performer is the Reverend Peter Unger, and the song is called "Peddlers of Fear," uh, which I think is a very timely title for right now. And uh, the lyrics will say the same. So if you'll stay with me just a couple of minutes, and we're going to play Peddlers of Fear by Reverend Peter Unger. Rumpus girls gather around him As you read the book they love and know Their innocence Warm his heart and They know how the story goes. Secretly he worries what the future holds. And what will shape their coming years. He only prays that it's not Rappers, girls, cuddle closer as they trust in the lobby halls as the 
story ends, they say with eyes that shine. Can you read it one more time? Settlers of fear, settlers of fear, in troubled times. Peddlers of fear, peddlers of fear, beware their cries when they come near. Secretly he worries what the future holds, and what will shape their coming years. He only prays that it's not. And this is your uh, groove mistress, host, spiritual advisor, and cruise director, Madam Perry. And we're back again in the genie bottle with author and poet Colin Kelly and our friend Karen Head, author and poet as well. And um, Colin, I wish you so much success with Midnight in a Perfect World. I appreciate that. And, you know, you and And, I have been great collaborators, too. You know, we didn't even talk about that, you know that you and I have collaborated on, on so many projects and things. And so it's just, you know, I can't neglect to mention, uh, me, you know, your, now you collaborated you know, with my your, husband on your CD. Well, no, and with you too. Remember when we did, we, my first poetry collection, better to travel, we had like a concert, oh, that's right. uh, that's right. and you performed all the, the music in between the, in between the poems, which was just wonderful. So yes, I've oh, worked yes. with you and getting yeah. Perry. Uh, and so, yeah, and so Karen, talk about generous. He got my band a gig at the at the fantastic uh, Frederick Brown Amphitheater in Peachtree City two nights, opening for Bobby Vinton. Uh, um, See, I, I'm, I'm multi-talented. <laughs> I, must been, I must have been a I must have been a Hollywood agent in my last life, <laughs> uh, a wheeler and a dealer. So probably a dealer. I believe it. <laughs> I had a I had a friend from childhood that we became roommates after high school and she somewhere in the, in the two years that she went off to college and came back she was became a whole other person she was enamored of truck drivers and so every Saturday there was those uh, truck driving songs and a wheeler dealer and a kiss stealer so that's what you <laughs> Colin Kelly not that you were still oh and another thing of course we want to say uh, Karen and I know you know. Because I always find when with the show that I do, and you both probably find this too with all the people you both deal with, it's the people who come on the podcast who have had much success, okay? Like Lita Ford from The Runaways. Yes. Or yep. Athena Bass, who's a drummer and also with the band Femme Fatale, and she's also Tommy Lee's younger sister, and she had a TV show for years. It's the people like that. That what you had some Mark. real serious celebrities on your show, and then you got me. So I mean, I, you know, what, the hell, what the hell am I doing I here? So, I had to prove myself you know. to get people like you and Karen on. Okay, I've got to put out some press. <laughs> and okay, who else has she had on? Um, and uh, Paul Myers, who was uh, uh, you know, Paul Myers. He's a writer, uh, journalist, and he's got a new book out about the kids in the hall. Um, yeah. but, but. <laughs> 
uh, it's always the people who have had more success or are the easiest to work with and the most generous with their time and will promote it. When I had Ricky Bird, guitar Hall of Fame guitarist, who was uh, played with uh, uh, Joan Jett for years, you know, as soon as I put him out there, all his friends start promoting it on Twitter. Michael DeBarge, everybody else start putting out, oh, he's going to be on Mountain Perry. So, and it's always the people who are more professional, have more success, that are easy to work with and generous like both of you are. And, um, and well, it is you know easy to I be think? generous with someone like you. Oh, That's right. Which is very kind of you to say. You, yes, you, yes. Jennifer is, you are just one of, you are incredibly generous and you're always trying to help other artists promote their work and, and, and share their, their art. So yeah, we, you know, you are, you are a, you are a bacon, Jennifer Perry. So thank oh, go you on. I mean, go for on. For doing the show. Say it again. <laughs> and you know, and, but, and then you get somebody who you try to give a break to and ask them to tweet something and they go, you want me to do that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's how you get to be in the big time like these people. And I had a point with what I was saying, but God knows where it went in my brain. It's, it took off on some other kind of uh, neuroplasticity route. So if you know what I was trying to say or, or could say it better, go right ahead. But I am so proud of you, Colin, and everything that you do. Oh, I was, that's right. It was your superstar friends. Um, Karen, who were all his superstar friends? Kate Bush, um, Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, he um he he really scored big with Taylor when she was here in town. Um <clears throat> she loved what he wrote about her so much that she uh, invited him back for a, another night to to see the show with like almost front row seats and um I mean that's the other the the the, the other thing about Colin is that he is such a powerful writer. Um and I think it doesn't matter how famous somebody is, they recognize that ability. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, you know, in some ways you could say, well, you know, Taylor Swift doesn't really need any additional publicity, but Taylor Smith, uh, Taylor Swift is, is obviously smart enough to know when she's got, you know, someone who is eloquent, el- you know, eloquent and articulate and smart and funny, and they write something and she's, you know, she's not saying, well, just because, you know, you're not some person writing for variety or, the New York Times. I mean, you know, she 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 sees quality, and so she wanted to you know reward that. And I think Thanks. you know Pam Greer Pam Greer's re- you know response to meeting with him. I mean, you know, he's he's just had all of these people who want to meet and talk with him and be interviewed by him and have him write about them, and there's a reason for that. I've just I and I've been it's just been I've been incredibly lucky to to be able to. You know, to meet these people and 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 talk with them and and interact with them, and I just I am forever grateful, you know, um, for you know for interacting with all of these these great people, you know, and and finding you know I one of my favorite things I'm on Twitter I shouldn't be on Twitter, Twitter is so insane right now, but I love uh, you know I follow Morgan Fairchild and I follow each other on Twitter and we tweet each other all the time and Mira Servino. And I just, I mean, they're just such nice, real people who also happen to be, well, Morgan Fairchild and Mira Savino, you know, and they're, but they're just so real and nice and, you know, and just, you know, I'm just like, wow, I'm just, in, I'm just incredibly lucky to be able to know these people and to, you know. And they I used just, to be I like we are. pinch myself every day, so. 
Oh, don't hurt yourself. So, listen, so, so we're running out of time, so I want to say thanks to Reverend Peter Unger for his song, Peddlers of Fear. Thank you, Karen Head, for joining us. My gosh, she's the author, Thank poet, you, and... And she's uh, she's well, she's a woman with two Collins for Pete's sake, and uh, and that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, and I hope you'll be coming back soon with your work, Colin Kelly. Best of best of success with Midnight at Perfect World. Thank you, I'll be sharing Thanks all. Of, you're welcome, honey. Uh, you both got a got your own pillows here in the Genie Bobby. You both got a home here. If uh, I'll be sharing all of Collins. Um, social media and where to get Midnight at Perfect World on all of my social media. I'll also be sharing where you can get Karen Head's books and learn all about her and her social media. I'll be sharing that on everything of Madam Perry's. And I want you to know, I just think you're wonderful. And to everybody listening, Mimi, Dana, Benny, uh, Eric, Ray, everybody out there who's so kind to say that they listen and the shows that they love, I love you too. Thank you so much. And remember what I say. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.